understanding the impact of research ecosystem and its role in R&D would not only help to elevate the journey to research, but will bring a shift towards knowledge-driven society. Today's episode is an incredible opportunity to learn from our guest, who is postdoc research associate in one of the top three research institutes, Indian Institute of Science. Let's welcome Viraj R. Torsekar. Welcome, Viraj, on the podcast, Scholars Knowledge to Wisdom. It's an honor to have you. Thanks so much, Ruby. I, um, the pleasure is all mine. And where are you joining us from? I'm right now in Bangalore in uh, Indian Institute of Science. Um, I'm actually sitting in my advisor's office currently. <laughs> okay. So as we uh, dive into your research journey, take us along uh, with the origin of your interest and why um, of joining the research career. Um, so, so I'll just quickly go through what I have done till now, um, and then I'll uh, answer your uh, specific question. Um, so for my bachelor's, I worked on, uh, I studied life sciences in the St. Xavier's Mumbai, after which I did uh, neurosciences at Sophia College in Mumbai again. Um, then I did my PhD in Indian Institute of Science, uh, followed with three years of postdoc in Israel. And then I'm back for my second postdoc. Um, to answer your specific question, I don't think there was one uh, specific memory I have um, regarding my current research interests. I think they have grown and branched out um, depending on what I found interesting during these periods of transition, let's say between bachelor's to master's or PhD to postdoc. Uh, and it is a good mix of that along with serendipity. Uh, you know, you meet somebody and uh, they spark your interest in a specific topic. And that's that's exactly what happened with me. Um, but uh, I think what's interesting is that while growing up, I don't think uh, there was uh, me or anyone else who really thought I would end up in research, to be honest. Um, I wasn't the highest uh, scoring student in school. Um, and uh, I wasn't particularly interested in studies, to be honest, uh, in school. But uh, I think this one event that I remember, my uh, I think my brother was very impressed by how I played a, a, a very... Uh, a uh, famous video game back then because it was quite difficult to win in it. Um, and he thought that uh, it was quite difficult. Um, so that was maybe the first time I truly believed in myself because maybe my brother did. <laughs> and uh, I realized that I like complex patterns and I like uh, figuring them out. Um, and I think that has stayed a constant across many different fields that I've studied in the past, um, I don't know, 20 years since that event. Encouragement from your brother's side. So I would like to know here the role of of the um, of the teachers and the role of your parents. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tackle the parents part first. Uh, my parents were, uh, have been always quite liberal with uh, not just how I lived my social life, but even my um, schooling and academic life. Um, they haven't uh, 
pushed me much uh, as the typical indian parents do they both are doctors and i did realize that they would have liked me to be a medical doctor um but as soon as they realized uh, that uh, i don't have much interest in it i think they were very okay with uh, um what i was doing it was funny that uh, they would have loved to know what i was doing so they used to ask me uh, but they used to always forget so whenever family and friends ask them sometimes they used to make up things about what i am doing um like molecular biology microbial uh, biology sometimes that was true sometimes that wasn't <laughs> but uh, i think that uh, that that um um space i think was very useful for me uh, to grow uh, into the researcher i am uh, regarding teachers of course i mean um, i think by now we all should recognize how big a role they play um in many of our uh, lives uh, specifically researchers uh and for me uh, my teachers in saint xavier's were very important in getting an idea of uh, textbook knowledge um but uh, particularly this one teacher in my masters uh, so specifically this one teacher from my masters his name is uh, mc arunan uh, he was uh, indispensable in sparking my interest in research um he had a heavy uh, he had a healthy disrespect for uh, textbooks and how um, you know uh, generally things were taught in our masters back then uh, and but a lot of encouragement for research sometimes very simple research and simple experiments uh, but that really helped me uh, you know understand the fundamentals of what research is about how it's about asking the right questions and um sometimes questioning the most obvious fact um so that has been extremely uh, useful and uh, briefly after that there have been a lot of mentors in my life uh, through my phd and postdoc um they have of course again played a huge role in who i am and i've made sure i have carried it forward and all my mentees i make sure uh, i do my best in not only giving them a good idea of what research is but also encouraging them uh, according to what interest they have um so that uh, they don't feel pressurized to choose research over anything else they may be interested in mm. so uh, i mean it it was really very encouraging journey from the origin to the why of your research career so uh taking it ahead with the uh, habits and the attributes that served you on this journey um i think yeah th- this could be a very long answer but i'll keep it short um i think one thing that has uh, interestingly helped me is uh, how social i am and uh, that has helped me talk to a lot of people about what they work on and what they find interesting um that along with being able to communicate what interests me has played a big role um in uh, not only shaping my thoughts but also um helping me network um with people um so that i can have an idea of uh, whether we can collaborate in the future or what 
opportunities may lie in my future. Um, also, what has uh, what I have found um, about myself is that uh, I like to um, question what I'm reading, um, even if it's from a textbook, or even if it's from a, uh, a well-established field. Um, sometimes it can be tedious because uh, I may not get very far uh, because every other sentence I might think and uh, stop and think. Uh, but uh, in the long run, it has helped me understand knowledge gaps uh, in fields and contribute to what is already understood uh, and sometimes what uh, isn't very well understood. Um, yeah, but uh, I would also like to add that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to address questions. There's a lot of different personalities in academia. It's not as if there is one uh, molded personality that everybody should try and emulate. Uh, I think diversity of uh, personalities is also as important as diversity of, um, you know, uh, caste, religion, uh, everything that matters to research. It's important to also keep in mind personality. Um, we, I don't think this point is spoken about enough, uh, but it's important to keep that at the back of your mind. Um, you may not think, uh, society might make you believe you're not as good uh, for research, but uh, that very well may not be true. Um, so different habits, I've seen a lot of people with very different habits um, are good researchers and contribute uh, importantly to research. Great. I would uh, sum it up as keeping the diversity uh, in view, and uh, and and going and and being social by communicating your interest and uh, and 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 an interest to ask the questions from from whatever you come across whether it is reading or it is listening to that and that helped you to understand the knowledge gaps so so these were the i think the main habits that that served you on your journey yeah i would say that's well summed up i agree so uh, moving from your uh, habits uh, what key areas of balance are required in researcher life that will take to the holistic growth? Hmm. Um, I would uh, I would again say that there is no one answer to this. I think it would differ a lot for different fields of research. Um, maybe even different research cultures. Um, yeah, I I have uh, come to this realization that uh, having work-life balance is, uh, is not just um, a current fad or a current phenomena. I take it, uh, I have started taking it quite uh, seriously. 
because uh, it's not uh, it's getting more and more clear to me that it's not as if the more hours i put in uh, i would be more productive um uh, it's a quality of time uh, that you spend uh, on work um, that is useful that is important um and there is a there is a sense in academia uh, which pushes you towards equating your self worth with who you are as a researcher uh to rephrase that um it makes uh, you believe that if you have more papers if you have papers in more impact factor journals uh you deserve to be happy and uh, many times it's not one individual or a few individuals who make you feel so it's it's sort of the culture mm. um i think it's important um be aware of it and i guess if you're okay with it then to continue you know feeling that but uh, many times i think it's useful to uh, push back uh, to some extent um i don't think there is any um way out in our current uh, academic culture uh, you may find more opportunities and better jobs let's say if you do have a certain kind of cv um so i wouldn't advise anyone listening that um, don't take it seriously go have fun but uh, i think it's useful to keep this in mind and do with it what uh, you like um, to do um yeah so i guess the balance um, comes second i think it's it's a lot of such kind of information um which is useful to first maybe gain by talking to people who have been in the field for some time or uh, gain by uh, there's a lot of information on online now uh, so by reading about people's uh, experiences and uh, then um try and associate it with who you are as a person and i guess after that uh, um try and find your own balance um yeah so it's uh, i guess that's the short answer um yeah so um in this you used two terms i think uh, we can dedicate the full podcast episode on that but uh, mm-hmm. but for now i would like to know the difference between the research cult uh, research culture and uh, versus academic culture i'm glad you asked um so it's only in the last few years that i've realized that uh, academia is different from research research is uh, my understanding of it is uh, that you know research is about asking questions um making observations if possible running experiments um and finding um pleasure in the observations you make regardless of if they have been made a million times before by somebody else um of course research culture uh, i'll get to that later but academia in my understanding is 
the the profession of um, what researchers do, the kind of positions you need to be in, um, the grant money that you need to get to run uh, a lab or run your research, and the awards and the accolades that you get along with it. Um, and of course, research culture can uh, be nested within the academic culture. Um, uh, research can be of a specific way um, when it is a part of uh, academia, but it's useful to remember that uh, you know you can talk about academic uh, culture to your colleagues, to your friends, um, but you can also uh, it's useful to switch between academic and research conversations. Um, I have been lucky to be part of two or three departments where conversations largely um, were about research. So people spoke passionately about what interested them, uh, made be plants, animals, uh, complex ecosystem uh, interactions, um, etc. I find that most exciting. Um, academic conversations would largely be about uh, which journal did that person get a paper in or uh, uh, which award did this other person not get this year so they may try again next year, etc. Um, of course, that's important and I'm not uh, demonizing it, but uh, I like a certain proportion of conversation about academia after which um, I would just prefer to have the conversation about research. Um, and briefly, so following from this, uh, research culture would be the kind of, uh, let's say within a lab, uh, let's say the kind of culture you have in lab meets where, uh, you know, the newest member in the lab feels it's safe enough to ask a question or uh, disagree with the advisor um, versus a lot of hierarchical uh, structure in the lab. I would say that would be research culture. And uh, again, I have been lucky to be uh, a part of um, research cultures, both in India and Israel, where it was okay to question your advisor openly in front of people, uh, call them by their name, etc. cetera. Um, because I, I realized that uh, in the Indian uh, research culture, there isn't a lot of that. Um, I think subservience is uh, uh, to a large extent encouraged. And that's uh, many times the reality of, of our research culture. I'm not saying that's always the case, but largely that's true. And in Israel, I realized that uh, that was very different. Um, uh, if you were encouraged to question authority. And I think they realized that uh, good ideas sometimes come from asking these questions and not always agreeing for the sake of agreeing. Um, yeah. Mm, I think I answered that question, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, very mindful insights. And uh, I learned a lot about uh, the research culture and uh, academic culture. I mean, uh, I would say that you have a deep knowledge on this. And uh, I would definitely love to do podcast on this with you. 
So uh, hmm. to know <laughs> to know more about uh, the research culture and the academic culture. So uh, moving ahead uh, with this uh, research culture, the ecosystem and the culture of research, these are integral to the researcher's life. So in your opinion, what defines the research ecosystem and how it can contribute to an elite researcher? Um, yeah, I, I would say that I'm not uh, a very good person to ask this question to <laughs> uh, because I think you get a better idea of a research ecosystem uh, once you have a broader perspective on it, maybe after you've run your own lab for a few years uh, or having realized how, um, let's say, granting decisions are taken. Uh, but I'll, I'll try my best. Um, yeah, if we, if we look at um, research ecosystem and research culture at a national level, um, my guess is a lot of it depends on, uh, of course, many, many factors. But uh, in my understanding, two of the most important ones would be how do you cultivate uh, talent and how do you provide resources for that talent? Um, for example, when I was doing my bachelor's uh, many years back, there was no uh, institutes uh, of the kind that we have now, which is uh, ISERS, the Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research. Um, and I think they have done a fantastic job in uh, cultivating um, bright and inquisitive uh, undergraduate students. Of course, when I did my bachelor's, uh, there were many colleges uh, which were excellent. Uh, that I knew of in Delhi, Bangalore, Mumbai, to say the least, but I'm sure in many other cities. Um, again, I, I think I was lucky to be uh, a part of one in St. Xavier's. Um, but uh, ISERS came up in the way they did and after which uh, many others have followed. Uh, I think they contributed to that kind of uh, research culture. Um, and the second point I mentioned, I think about how you provide resources uh, for such talent to do what they like. I think there's uh, there's been a lot of uh, researchers now, especially who have written about how um, sometimes frustrating it is for them to even get their salary on time, uh, not to mention how sometimes it's not easy to get uh, uh, the grant on time. Um, but on the whole, I think I realized when I was in uh, Israel that uh, some things are relatively easy for us uh, in India. Uh, for example, as PhD students in many institutes and universities, uh, you get your stipend uh, without the advisor needing to write for different grants. Uh, this one fact itself, uh, I think, saves a lot of time um, and provides a lot of opportunities. Um, uh, that wasn't true largely in, in Israel. Um, I think lab heads had to write for grants to support students, uh, which is a lot of work. Um, um, but also um, 
just how research money is distributed, uh, whether you want to invest in the most trusted and tried out researcher who has got a lot of papers, who's a big uh, name in the field, uh, or do you distribute it uh, to, let's say, newer talent in the field or um, researchers from smaller universities? I think such decisions can contribute a lot to the research ecosystem. Um, not that I'm aware of how things are done, let's say, in uh, India versus Israel. Uh, these are the kind of decisions which may not be easy to understand um, unless uh, you are the one making decisions, maybe, <laughs> or uh, written in reports. But uh, I would think such decisions are uh, can contribute a lot uh, in due time to how um, the research ecosystem uh, is shaped. Yeah. Very mindful insights you gave on research ecosystem. Uh, in the mindful insights of the research ecosystem, the research culture, the academic culture, let's shift towards the health aspect. That is on, on a road to research excellence, health plays a crucial role, whether it is cognitive, it is emotional, it is behavioral. So how do you align these three components on your journey to research? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, I think it's uh, very important, especially in today's age, uh, to talk openly about it. Um, because uh, I'm glad that there's a lot of mental health awareness uh, within academia, especially Indian academia. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I think, talking about uh, yourself to a professional or in other words, therapy does help. Uh, I think it frees up a lot of mental space, um, not just uh, with respect to work, but uh, it's it's a journey towards being a more happy version of yourself. Um, the more you understand yourself, I think it will be useful to also understand the kind of research you like and you know why do you like it. Um, and hopefully make more kinder researchers um, in in the in academia because I don't think researchers uh, have the kind of incentives to be always nice to each other. Um, I think a lot of uh, there's a lot of scope for uh, mentoring um, others and uh, a lot uh, of scope to be kinder to each other. Um, but regarding uh, physical health too, I, for example, I uh, I was lucky to be in, uh, in, in a lab in Center for Ecological Sciences, which is a department in ISC that I did my PhD in, and I'm also doing my postdoc in. I've been lucky to be a part of uh, two labs that have allowed uh, me the space to, during my PhD, for example, I learned a new sport uh, that was thanks to my guide back then, Rohini Balkrishnan, who really did not uh, ask any questions about what you're doing after five o'clock, for example. Um, so I learned a new sport and some of us from the department uh, started a new team and it went extremely well. Uh, we learned a lot about team building, 
we learned a lot about what it is to be a part of a competitive team. And back then, I think we were doing it largely because it was fun. Uh, but in hindsight, I think I um, serendipitously learned a lot about um, team building that I would not have learned uh, if not for playing in a team sport. Uh, I don't think some of those insights I would have got from research. Um, maybe over a long period of time, but not in such a short period of time. Um, yeah, so I think um, it's best if uh, as an individual, you try your best to grow, not just as a researcher, but, uh, you know, play sports, have fun, um, do the kind of hobbies that you like. Um, not just with the goal of in the future, this might help me out with research, uh, but also because it's it's um, important and useful to be happy. Um, and it's especially useful if a research culture allows for this. Sometimes as an individual, you may choose to be that person, but uh, you know, your uh, research culture may not allow you. So I think it's useful if the culture um, allows you that time and space um, to grow into this uh, individual. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, uh, very uh, deep, uh, I would say the profound insights you gave. And uh, as, as we wrap up, uh, any advice that you would like to give to the uh, undergrad undergraduates and the postgraduates who want to be on this journey to research? <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I've reached the stage still uh, to advise uh, undergraduates. Um, but uh, again, I think I'll, I'll try my best. Um, I think especially uh, school-going kids and high schoolers along with undergraduates, I think it's useful to uh, keep in mind that there is no one uh, definition of a researcher. <clears throat> um, I have met uh, so many different kinds of researchers, especially in my field of interest in ecology and evolution, that uh, I would not have believed are scientists if I had met them uh, when I was in school. Um, many of them did not particularly do well in school. Many of them did not particularly think they would be scientists. Some of them were very sure uh, they like uh, animals, they like uh, birds. All they want to do is spend time in the forest. Um, some of them came into the field because they like complex patterns. And they ended up uh, in ecology and evolution because some of the most complicated and some of the most complex uh, interactions uh, and complex um, patterns can be can be found in this field um, so I think it's useful to keep an open mind uh, and all of this advice is of course if you like research it's uh, it's not like research is uh, the best uh, profession out there uh, far from it it's one of the professions and uh, if you like it, if you're passionate about it, I think uh, some of this advice might be useful. Um, yeah, that's that's 
what I can think of. So uh, as I wrap up, I would say that unwinding the success with understanding to clarity towards working from your true self is all about the journey to research. So thank you so much, Viraj, for being here uh, on the podcast and sharing your valuable insights uh, to the journey to research. Thanks so much, Ruby. It was uh, it was a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for inviting me. And it also made me think about a lot of things uh, I may not have otherwise. So thank you.